Good morning from the newsroom of the Financial Times. Today is Wednesday, January 22nd, and this is your FT News Briefing. Netflix fell short of its U.S. subscriber targets last quarter. The U.K. will go ahead as planned on a digital tax for U.S. tech companies despite the threat of tariffs, and Saudi Crown Prince Mohammed bin Salman has been implicated in a hack of Jeff Bezos' phone. But first, the U.S. Senate spent Tuesday sparring over how the impeachment trial of Donald Trump will run. The FT's Peter Spiegel explains how things went. I'm Mark Filipino, and here's the news you need to start your day. Basically, over the course of many hours that stretched into the late evening, you had, I guess, one small victory by the Democrats, but a series of big defeats. The small victory was McConnell clearly was trying to rushed the impeachment trial. He basically gave both sides 24 hours to debate the issues, but he wanted it to be done over two days. So we were looking at, you know, impeachment hearings going to the early morning hours every day to try to get this done in little more than a week. The Democrats cried foul on this and got some backing from some moderate Republicans. McConnell gave them the minor victory, which is it's going to be over three days. So essentially, you're not going to have these very, very late night hearings anymore. They're going to go late but it won't go to 1, 2 o'clock in the morning as we as we feared. So a minor victory in process. And the main thing that Democrats were arguing against when they argued against Republican Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell's resolution was that Americans wouldn't be able to see what was happening in real time. So that was the major win for Democrats. What was the series of losses for them? The more serious uh, issue was, will the Democrats be able to call new witnesses they couldn't call in the House? Will they be able to get documents from the White House, from the State Department, from the Office of Management Budget that they weren't be able to get in the House? And they basically lost on party line votes on all of those. Now, there is still a chance that they may be able to get these. Now, the way the Senate impeachment trial has worked is in order to issue a subpoena, you need a majority vote of the Senate. Right now, the Republicans are in control, 53-47. So every one of these requests that went to the Senate on Tuesday were voted down on a party-line vote. So right off the bat, it is very clear that the Democrats were going to lose on almost every procedural matter. So, Peter, the president is usually pretty vocal about these sorts of things. What did he have to say about day one of the of the Senate trial? Oddly, uncharacteristically, he was rather silent. I mean, that, that we've been watching over the course of the day to see if he would say anything, either on Twitter or in person. He had one short tweet out to saying, read the transcript is his normal argument on this. Um, but remember, he was in Davos giving a speech on climate change, actually, and, and, you know, sort of disputing the scaremongers, as he called it, who were arguing that human behavior is causing climate change. So he was in Davos and his press secretary said he wasn't paying attention. Now, we know the press secretary always says that. And we know frequently the president is indeed watching. But we saw no evidence of that. He, there was no tweeting. There was no speeches. Other than that one tweet, um, we saw a rarely silent Donald Trump today. Yeah, that one that one tweet read the transcripts, obviously, a reference to the July 25th phone call with Ukraine President Vladimir Zelensky about what this whole trial is about. That's the one that, that triggered this whole process. So, Peter, what can we expect next in the impeachment trial? You know, it has been so rush, 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 that we have very little knowledge of what coming next other than the schedule. What we know for Wednesday is that we're going to have the formal opening arguments, for lack of a better word, in the trial by the Democrats. Now, the interesting thing is a lot of what happened on Tuesday was a bit of the opening arguments. So we may just get a repeat of what we heard on Tuesday in a more formal setting by the House managers that show up in the Senate to run the impeachment hearing. Netflix's growth is stalling in the U.S., and the company blames the onslaught of digital streaming competitors. 
The streaming service reported a slowdown in U.S. subscriber growth in the fourth quarter of 2019. Netflix added 420,000 new users in the period, below its guidance of 600,000, and well below the 1.5 million it added in the same period last year. Netflix said the shortfall came down to price increases it made last year, and increasing competition from rival streaming launches, think Disney and Apple. Netflix warned that the weakness in its home market would continue to weigh on results in the current quarter. But shares were up more than 2% in after-hours trading as investors cheered Netflix subscriber growth outside of the U.S. All in all, it added nearly 9 million subscribers around the world last quarter, beating analyst forecasts and its own guidance of about 7.5 million new users. On Monday, France agreed to suspend plans to collect a digital tax on American tech companies. But other countries are still looking to impose similar taxes on the likes of Google and Amazon. One of those countries is the UK. The FT's Chris Giles is in Davos for the World Economic Forum's annual meeting. He has more on where things stand between the US and Britain. The UK has said it's going to legislate to have a digital tax of 2% for all digital companies which have digital business of more than £500 million and more than £25 million in the UK. And even though that legislation hasn't gone through Parliament, the bill has been published, we know what it's going to say. So I think this is going to certainly escalate. And the US said if the UK did legislate, it would be facing tariffs just like France has been. Right. In fact, U.S. Treasury Secretary Stephen Mnuchin made that threat to the U.K. and other countries in Davos yesterday. And France, when faced with tariffs a little while ago, decided to suspend the digital tax on the U.S. entirely. How does that move affect the tax talks between the U.K. and the U.S., if at all, and possibly some of the other European countries considering such a tax? The agreement with France makes the whole UK-US digital tax space extremely interesting. Now, if they have done this deal, the hope is that there will be an agreement at the OECD in Paris to have a global system for taxing companies. The trouble is that those talks at the OECD haven't been going very well, and the US threw a large spanner in the works in December. So I think giving it extra time gives some hope that the OECD talks will succeed and that means that maybe the UK and the US could also find a way of postponing action against each other and then having the OECD talks take place but that all requires the OECD talks to be successful. And in other news, a WhatsApp account used by Saudi Crown Prince Mohammed bin Salman was likely involved in a 2018 hack of Jeff Bezos' phone. That's according to a report by forensic experts hired by the Amazon founder to investigate the hack. According to the report, which the FT has seen, the hack went down like this. Mr. Bezos and the Crown Prince met at a dinner in Los Angeles in the spring of 2018 where they exchanged numbers. In May that year, Mr. Bezos' phone received an encrypted video file from Prince Mohammed's WhatsApp account. Shortly after that, Mr. Bezos' phone started sharing vast amounts of data. We should note that the report does not claim to have conclusive evidence, and its findings could not be independently confirmed by the FT. But the report is expected to deepen the acrimony between Prince Mohammed and Mr. Bezos. Last year, associates of Mr. Bezos said they had high confidence Saudi Arabia had access to his phone and that they had obtained private information. This was after details of Mr. Bezos' extramarital affair were printed in a U.S. tabloid. 
Boeing has told customers and suppliers the 737 MAX won't be back in the air until the middle of 2020. The plane was grounded in March last year after two deadly crashes. Boeing had hoped to have the jet return to the skies this February or March, but the timetable has been pushed back as the manufacturer still has several tasks to complete in order to get approval from regulators. Boeing shares fell 5.5% before trading was temporarily halted. The stock settled at around $313 a share by the close of trading. And the drop in Boeing was partly responsible for bringing the broader U.S. market lower on Tuesday. The other factor was news that the coronavirus had reached the United States. American health officials confirmed the first U.S. case of the deadly SARS-like disease. On Tuesday, the Centers for Disease Control and Protection said a man was diagnosed after traveling from Wuhan in China to an area just north of Seattle. The man arrived last week and has been hospitalized and isolated, despite officials saying he was in good condition. The coronavirus has already killed six people in China. This outbreak has brought back memories of the 2003 SARS virus, which also started in China and killed 800 people. You can read more on all of these stories at FT.com. This has been your daily FT News Briefing. Make sure you check back tomorrow for the latest business news. 